chipped it over the blue line, and after it is Ronick with a feed in front, Larkin scores! Swinging a high fly ball to the snowflakes and right, deep, Naylor back to the wall, looking up, and it's gone, a home run! How about it? <laughs> Miguel Cabrera slides into second because he <laughs> thought it was a double! Left wing Brooks, Michigan down three. Around to Dickinson Hedge, works to the head of the key. Give it right side, Brown triggers a three. Buries the three! We're deadlocked at 46, 518 to play in the Elite Eight. You're listening to Sports Ball, a podcast with Rachel Allen and Jimmy Kennedy. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Sports Ball, a podcast. Jimmy Kennedy, Rachel Allen joining you. Look, we know we said we would get on a, a recurring re- recording schedule. We're horrible. We're lazy. We'll admit it. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, but welcome into the episode, guys. We have a lot to talk about. All right. If you are a fan of college football and the NFL, happy football uh, season. If you're a fan of Premier League and other European leagues, happy football also season. Also, happy football season. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it just, we do not discriminate. We are all football fans one way or another. Uh, before we get into today's episode, as always, just some housekeeping stuff. You know, check us out on our uh, podcast pages on SoundCloud, Spotify, and now Apple Pod. Make sure you have a sports ball, a podcast uh, typed in there. We only got this would be like episode eight or whatever. Uh, we're, we're somewhere along those lines. Uh, so we want this in the past episodes. Go right ahead. They are all up and ready to go. Also, follow us on Twitter at SportsballP. If you find the account that has our logo, guess what? You're in the right spot. Both Rachel and I have access and are tweeting out like crazy. I don't know why we we decided to both take a uh, response to this because the view, the The viewership and the fandom kind of differentiates. One tweet will be a go (laughs) Liverpool. Others will be go City. And the third probably go. We try to to stay partial. We We try. We try. We try. try. (laughs) But we can always agree the third one is always going to be WTF Detroit Lions. So. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's just a given. So with that being said, Rachel, it's been a while. A lot has has gone down. Premier League has started up. Uh, we're going to get into that for a little bit. I know Liverpool has been on a bit of a tear lately. I don't want to talk about what happened to city versus uh, Tottenham. I know you're very happy about that, (laughs) uh, but we do have some big news coming up here. There's going to be talking a little college football right out of the gate. And it involves a conference that we are both involved in you more than me, uh, yeah. The, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 just announced about an hour and a half ago from recording time, like from when we started recording to now, um, that they are an, they have announced an alliance for uh, a collaborative approach. This is a quote: uh, a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. Uh. This is according to ESPN. The three leagues emphasize common values and unanimous support impacting key topics affecting college athletes and sports and schools in all sports. Sources say the Pac-12 have been the most aggressive of the three leagues in forming and encouraging the alliance. So let's just get right into this here. This is basically just backlash to the SEC getting Texas and Oklahoma, right? I'm not the only one that's thinking that, right? No, it's gotta be. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, so an alliance has now been formed. I believe they don't. They're, it doesn't sound like they're gonna start off right away. It sounds like it'll probably start off in 2022, because we do have to keep in mind Texas and Oklahoma won't join the SEC until 2025, and at that point, you have to wonder a couple things here. Number one, what does this do with the Big 12 more specifically? Because without Texas and without Oklahoma. Who else is left the Big 12? Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it makes the conference less relevant than really what it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, it sounds like other conferences are trying to get, like, you know, Big 12 teams over to their side and all that. So, uh, j- just a lot, a lot going on 
with this story, but do you think it um it could eventually lead to like the Big Twelve being entirely dissolved? I think with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, the Big Twelve is dead in the water. I honestly yeah. think they're dead in the water because look, the Big Ten has already talked about uh I think it was Oklahoma State and Kansas coming over to their side in, in future years. Now, mm-hmm. look, we got Nebraska from the Big Twelve long ago, and that's been a okay, you know, addition. Oklahoma State would be a good addition because they are they're not like the best in the Big Twelve, but they're always there. You know, they're always contenders here and there in both football and basketball and really like all the other sports that they participate in. Um, mm-hmm. but Kansas, you're, you're looking at the big 12 version of records. It, yeah. Kansas is a basketball powerhouse. It doesn't do shit in football. All right. Like, I think like the last five years of Kansas football, they've won five games, something like that. That's not good. So I, I think we're basically seeing the end of the big 12 and about these schools. I'm thinking, okay. Do we go over to the SEC and get mollywhopped by Alabama and all the other good teams? Do we go over to the SEC and get beat up by USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, these other schools? Do we go to the ACC and get trounced by Clemson? I don't know why we would go to the SEC, but I digress. Or would you go to the Big Ten where you have teams like Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana, a team that's really been get, uh, going up there? In recent years, you know, so we're at a point where I think you're going to see these schools have to make a choice at this point. But I think right now the Big 12 is dead in the water. Yep. Uh, And and it's a shame, too. Big news. Yeah, really big news. And, and of course, when this thing, if more information comes about and all that stuff and how this affects – uh, the schools and sports in general, we'll let you guys know. We'll know how this works. But the fact that this news is just breaking, there's not really a lot to go about it, except we could be seeing Clemson versus Ohio State. We could be seeing Michigan versus USC, Michigan State versus Oregon again. You know, the, there are these opportunities that you can start new rivalries with teams from the West Coast and all that stuff. You know? Yeah. And it's not like these, these conferences are saying, hey, we're going to dissolve our conferences and form one big mega conference just to give the bird to Alabama and Auburn. Mm-hmm. No, that's no, they're still, you know, the big 10, the ACC and the PAC 12, they're just going to be working together to get, yeah. to get the collective bird to Alabama and Auburn and all those other things. <laughs> the SEC. But, uh, but yeah, so that's a big news breaking right now. Uh, yeah. And if there's any, again, any updates that come about, we'll let you guys know. Um, on our Twitter page at SportsballP. Uh, also, when this episode drops, and also we might have some news down the line. But yeah, th- again, this just broke like an hour and a half ago before we started recording, and we—they've been talking about this for a while, but now it, it, it sounds legit. And yeah. my my other question is: you already look at, at like the mid-major conferences, especially here in Michigan. You know, like, yeah, the Big Ten is king. We also got the MAC, which is Eastern, Central, and Western Michigan. Yeah. You, you had the Horizon League with uh, Oakland University and Detroit Mercy. Mm-hmm. What happens to those conferences? How does that affect them? Are yeah. they going to be on their own? Will they be forming conferences or, like, alliances with other uh, uh, Power Five or mid-major conferences? You know, it just – we're going to see the dominoes fall at some point. Yeah. I'm just not sure how this is going to go and if this is going to react well. I mean, you could just, it could be, we don't see any changes for four years. And then by that time, it could be a million other things have changed mm-hmm. and and deals made and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, be interesting. Know, college football playoff expansion again, you know, going from 12 to 24 like you do in uh, uh, Division Two. You know, they, it could be... Uh, you know, we just say goodbye to the bowl games and just do a like a March Madness kind of thing for football. It's just like you said, Rachel. A lot of things can go about there, but it may be some time before we even see anything. So yeah, we'll see what happens and we'll go from there. But once again, guys, to start off the show, the big news: the Big Ten, 
the Pac-12 and the ACC uh, announce a collaborative alliance for scheduling for all sports. It doesn't just involve football and basketball. It's for all sports, all sports yep. that you know these schools will participate in. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this works out for football, really. You know? Yeah. Because if it's like, if it's Clemson versus Ohio State, that's going to be a game you want to watch. Yeah. If it's Clemson versus Michigan, yeah, maybe not, but I digress. Um, in, in, in past years, maybe. In Unfortunately, pa- not so much. In past now. years, yeah. In past years, it would be the best match game you want to see. Now it's, yeah. uh, anyways, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's. That's the big news going on right now. Stay- Speaking of uh, Michigan, actually, do yes. you think that this is the final make-or-break season for Jim Harbaugh? It has to be. It has to be. This has yeah. to be it. Because here's the thing. You have not won. You have not been to the Big Ten title game. You've yeah. always been curbed on by Ohio State since you, since you became coach. Yep. You got beat by a, let's face it, a unknown team in Michigan State. No one knew how the hell this team was going to be last year because they hired their coach in May. And by that time, half the recruiting season, season excuse me, was done. So right. you lost to a bad Michigan State team. You didn't play against Ohio State last year because of COVID, but you would have gotten curb stomp regardless. You know, yeah. it's just this has to be it. You have to beat Ohio State. You have to beat Michigan State. You cannot afford to make a mistake. Yep. It's that simple. I don't. That's really the only expectation for me for Michigan. Beat Ohio State. Otherwise, your season is a failure. Yeah. Uh, for Michigan State, it's simple. Win five games. I think if you win five games, it tells me that hey, we're on the right path. We're still rebuilding, you know. But we're on the right path. We we're in a good spot, and we have a a core group of guys to work and build off of. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Michigan doing because they got their twentieth quarterback in seven years. So I don't. Uh, Rachel, I don't know. I, it's, it's yeah i don't even know uh like, i'm just looking like it's i mean the what was they have but they had a technically a winning season in 2019 but last year was not a winning season right and here's the thing if you want to make the case for covid and all that stuff okay i'll give it to you i'll i'll i'll, I'll give you that one but here's a schedule rachel and i want to and Tell me if these games are going to be wins or losses for Michigan here. Let's play the schedule game a little bit here, okay? They start off the year at home against Western Michigan. I think that's a win. They should win. They should <laughs> if win they that. don't, there's I honestly, they, I will say if they if they were for some reason, if they somehow got beat by Western Michigan, Harbaugh better be fired the next yep, morning. Yep. Uh so that's a 12 o'clock game. The next week, uh they're at home against number 20 Washington. Now, Pac-12 teams are usually iffy and all that stuff. Washington is always one year they're great, next year they're garbage. One year they're incredible, next year they're not so not so great. Right. I'm not sure what kind of Washington team we're gonna have, but it's a right matchup. Yeah. With that being said, I still think that's a loss. I'm not crazy, am I? I mean, I know I'm crazy, but still. You th- you think? What do you think? I I think that the game against Washington is a loss for Michigan. Yeah, I I would say it okay. honestly. Okay, uh, Northern Illinois, the following week. That's a win. They no, should win. Northern yeah. Max school. Yep. Rutgers win. Win. They if, listen. If they lose the Rutgers, even if they beat all those other teams, gone. if they lose the Rutgers, Harbaugh, you're yeah, gone. I'm sorry, gone. buddy. <laughs> all right. So that's first four games at home at the Big House. Then you go on the road for a few. Uh, at Wisconsin, loss. At Nebraska, maybe a win. Yeah. Uh, they're at home against Northwestern. That's a win. Should be, yeah. They're on the road to Michigan State. That'll be the kicker. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here's one that I know you're going to be heavily invested in, Rachel. At home <laughs> against number 17, Indiana, who I'm definitely banking on to have a real they, good year this year. They, they, might, they just might beat them. It, yeah, again. Keep in mind, it was the first time in like 30 years or something like that that Indiana beat uh, Michigan last season, and the way that they did it was great. Yep, I I would not be I would fully expect Indiana yep. to win that game. And then you round out uh, last three games, two out of three on the road at Penn State. 
Look, Penn State is. In a, I'm banking on that being a loss too. Yeah, because look, playing at Penn State is crazy in itself. If it's a night game, which it could potentially be, because last yeah. couple of games have been primetime night games because of the rivalry. Yeah. That's an automatic L for Michigan at that point. Yeah, uh, I think I think the way that this shapes up, if if um. If for some reason, well, obviously, like I said, if they lose that first game, Harbaugh should be instantly fired. Mm. Um, even if it's a close game, if it ends up being a close game, Harbaugh should be gone. Yeah. If by some, it most likely would be the case if they if they win, but it's like a close one, and they keep Harbaugh, which they probably will because that seems to be Michigan's mo at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that that's gonna that's gonna set up the the rest of the season. Depending on how they play against this very first team, which, if you think about it, theoretically should be an easy win. Should be, but I don't think it will be. I think I think they'll probably they, they'll probably win, but it might be nasty. Yeah. And depending on how they play that first game, that's in my mind that's going to set up right there whether they have a winning or a losing season. Mm-hmm. I'm fully betting that they're going to have a losing season again. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually taking a look at how Western did last year. They only played six games. They won four and two. And their only losses were to Eastern Michigan and Ball State. And yeah. they were, like, close losses also. Like, that's how insane it was. Um, but still, I if you lose to, you know, if you lose to Western Michigan, you lose to Rutgers, or if you lose, I would say right now, if they win either of those games, but they lose to uh, to Indiana late in the year, with no hope of making the playoff at that point, you're gone. He should yeah. be gone. Because the goal should be beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, make the playoff. You can't beat the Buckeyes, you're screwed. If you hit a roadblock before then, you're screwed. It's that simple. Yep. I, I, yep. I, I, don't see, I don't see any other way that uh, that this is going to shape up in Harbaugh's favor. In uh, all honesty... <laughs> Even if they manage to pull off some miraculous winning season this year, I still think Harbaugh should be fired. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah, you know, like look, you go eleven and zero, but if you drop it to Ohio State, it doesn't matter if you get curb stomp or not. If you drop it to Ohio State, you should be fired. I mean, and not even that. I just mean, like, even if he manages to put together some miraculous team this year, he clearly has not been able to do anything with the pre-existing teams. So somehow say he miraculously gets a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. magic players this season. Yeah. We might be looking at the same exact losing team next year. Yeah. Cause clearly it doesn't, it's not, he's just not doing his job. Yeah. And also because they've been on a continuous, like they might have quote unquote winning seasons, but from everything I've seen, Michigan has been on a continuous downward trend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always like the big games also, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana recently, they've always dropped into Northwestern and Iowa here and there. Purdue has somehow gotten by them, you know, it. But the, the thing for me, and I'm just going to say this right now, I don't know what the hell their quarterback situation is going to be like. I do not. I, I don't. I, I, I just I don't know. Let me see here. I'm looking at their their roster right now to see who's going to be quarterback and stuff. So it's Alan Bowman. Uh, I believe is the guy from Texas A&M. Yeah, or Texas Tech. I'm sorry. So Alan Bowman is basically on the depth chart right now at QB1. Yeah. And you got J.J. McCarthy and Jesse Mann after that. And Ken McNamara and a whole bunch of other quarterbacks. But, but the point is this. This is the like like I said, like the twentieth or twenty first quarterback for Harbaugh in his time here. It's so other, many quarterback yeah. changes. Some of them have just been unlucky. Yeah. But others have just been like you just kind of Why? take a step back and you're like, What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? And that's the thing, like you expect that from a team like a team that I brought up earlier, Kansas. A team that doesn't do well in football. You expect it to make quarterback changes here and there once in a while. But you're going on year seven or year eight, whatever it is. I think it's year seven at this point. And you're going through your 21st quarterback or something like that. You know, like, yes, Shea Patterson was your guy last year. He's not with you anymore. 
You get another quarterback from the transfer window. It doesn't guarantee success. I think that's yep. the big thing. And I'm going to pay real close attention to West, to the Western game and see how it goes. Because that's, I think you and I are last step. But they some, if the Broncos somehow beat the Wolverines, uh, then Harbaugh. The calls. Here's the thing. There have been calls for Harbaugh to be fired, like, going into the season. Those calls are going to be reverberated throughout the entire Minton State. It's oh, just, yeah. it is, you cannot lose to a MAC team like Western and expect to get out there unscathed, regardless. Doesn't matter who yeah. you are. Well, I mean, and even, even like, if you're just looking at the, the, the last time they won a bowl game was the first year Harbaugh was here. Mm hmm. Yep. Was seven years ago. Yeah. Something is not right. Something needs to change. Yeah. Because, yeah, you can be... Okay, so in 2018, they were tied first in the East. Mm -hmm. But, like... Yeah, you had you had 8-1 and one conference, but you still lost the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And every year before and after that, you've either been third, fourth, or fifth in conference. Yep. I, I don't know what it means. And here's the thing, also, you... Harbaugh won his bowl game with Brady Hoke's players. Keep that in mind. Because Brady yeah. Hoke did the same thing in his first year. They went to the Sugar Bowl, beat Virginia Tech, but he had Ritras players, and yep. they were all able to gel right away. Harbaugh's yep. going in with a new team this year, and I honestly don't know what to expect from them. It's, no, it's... I think, and that's been, I think that's been the biggest problem for Michigan because they had, like you said, they had all those old players. Because when was it? I'm trying to think of like everybody. Because my, I can't, I forgot that it was that long ago that Harbaugh came to Michigan because my yeah. brain's like, wait, that was the year I graduated high school? That was that long ago? Um, let me see. When was like uh, people now. like, people like players like Chris Evans and. Um, that, um, was, that was two years ago. They did like the revenge tour thing. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, but Jake Butt, when was he on the team? Uh, I think that was 2018. Yeah, so yeah, so he became the head coach in 2015. Mm -hmm. So this is gonna be his, like I said, his seventh year in. It's his seventh year, yeah. Yep. Uh, but so, like, I'm just thinking they they were somewhat decent, like record wise, with all of those players that were, I guess, tech kind of still left over from the Brady Hoke era. And then as soon as all those players graduated, all those star players graduated, mm -hmm. they've been floundering. Yeah. Because there's something, and that tells me that there's something that is going wrong with Harbaugh and his 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 play style or his recruiting process or something. Because they, it doesn't matter. They're consistent, like you said. They're the quarterback changes ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like surely you would be finding you should be getting good players. It's you Michigan. Should, you You're be. getting good players. Yeah. So why is it not working? Yeah, I I don't get it, but. Because then you have, and if you like, for example, I'm going to bring up Indiana here because mm -hmm. I'm more familiar. I'm super familiar with this process. Yeah. Indiana had continuous losing seasons, but you had a new coach who's continuously, yes, you're still, they still had losing seasons, but he was continuously building an upward trajectory. Yes. Because he was, yeah, he lost all the good players that first year because um, they were decent right when my, when, when he took over. But, mm -hmm. um, you and with Indiana, they have a history of not being a football school. So you're not gonna get the five star recruits, not even all of the four star recruits. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be getting like two and three. However, what makes a good coach is being able to get players, even you know, if they're not like the top players, and then make them make that work. That's what he's been doing. He's consistently been building up. So now they're starting to get better players because they've been doing better mm -hmm. because coaching changes and and building a, a trajectory and, and, and an atmosphere harbaugh feels like he's doing the opposite they like the and they they harbaugh started with a good school getting good recruits and you're just like how is it still not working for you yeah yeah it's it's one and that's the thing with mel tucker at Michigan State, you know, we we weren't sure how he was going to do last year and all that stuff was just the team that he had. And he did as, as, as good as you would expect, you know. The the win against Michigan State or against Michigan was shocking in itself. He's building it up. 
in an upward trajectory. He's building it from the ground up, like what Indiana did. Right yeah. now, Indiana's in that position where they can make a move. If they can just beat Ohio State, which I honestly think they have a chance at doing, just because of, yeah. like, you look at what happened last year and how close it was. Yeah, sure, Ohio State went away, ran away with it at the end, but they still kept close with them. If they're, yeah. able, if they're able to do that and beat Ohio State, you'll see Indiana, I think, in playoff contention. At yeah. That point. Well, and and if not, and if not this season, next season, because yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. after yeah. after the way they played last year, mm-hmm. you can you like come on, you're going to get better players. You're going to have more yeah. players want to come here because that's the thing that was always the hardest thing with Indiana. Everybody knows it's a basketball school. Yep. They don't care about the football program. You're not going to get players, good players who want to go to Indiana of all places. Yeah, they might like the coaches, they might like Tommy, but nobody wants to go play mm-hmm. for a school whose fan base yep. and act and an entire like actual corporate structure does not care about the football team. Yeah. But the thing but is, that's but, slowly changing as the team gets better because they're starting to garner more like actual fans. Yeah. And that's gonna start drawing better players. Yeah. Well that's the thing like at Michigan also, like with Michigan basketball. Michigan's known to be a football school. Now mm-hmm. it's starting to transition to a basketball school because the basketball team is starting to see success. Whereas the football team isn't. Indiana right. same way. The basketball team is okay. The football team is getting more successful and Correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, because you know more about this than I do. This is going to be the first year that Indiana is going to start the season ranked in the top 25, right? Like, ever? I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure. Okay, because they're starting the season 17th Yeah. uh, in the rankings. So, they have a long way to go, but they do have the potential because of the conference that they play in. So Right. uh, But, yeah, so a lot to make way of and here's the thing also we got week zero starting up you know there's only like those games that start like before labor day weekend and all that stuff and nothing yeah i think really the only big one is minnesota illinois in uh 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 big 10 play because all the other schools are just like meh whatever <laughs> that doesn't mean anything but uh a lot a lot to look forward to for college football this year. And we'll definitely be updating you guys with everything, fandom included, on uh, throughout the podcast as the season goes on. But from the college scene to the pro scene, Rachel. Yeah. I got to be honest with you on this. I do not know what the hell to make of this Detroit Lions team going into the season. I don't know. I don't either. I I'm, I'm really scared. I I I I I believe in 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 Campbell. I trust him. Mm-hmm. I'm just obviously I'm not expecting anything spectacular. No, first season he is. In, he's doing. He's rebuilding even more than like the two teams we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. He is. He is rebuilding an entire culture. Yes. That was completely non-existent. That yep. the previous coaches and staffing eras have had run into the ground yeah that was that was being held on to by like a very thin thread by like honestly stafford he was the only person still holding on to that um that culture that they need and that's why i'm still so disappointed to see him leave because i was excited to see stafford be able to play for the lions for a team that had that Mm -hmm. mentality I believe he's getting the same mentality going to uh, the Rams because Jared Goff strikes me as the same type of player and McVay types strikes me as the type of coach that works well with people yep. like that. So I think that Jared Goff, honestly, at this point, I feel like we're literally just exchanging like for like. I feel like what we see from Jared Goff will be exactly what we would have seen from Stafford mm-hmm. with Campbell. Um, I think we're going to see very similar to what the beginning of the season looked like the first year that Jim Bob Cooter took over as offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think we're going to see very heavy um, pass focus plays and and actually seeing Jared Goff be a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't. But 
The yeah. running game, still not sure about. I have no idea how our offensive line is going to look because that's always been our sketchiest in the past. Yeah. Uh, look, we'll the, see. Yeah, look, let's play this. Going into this year, I didn't expect them to, you know, win the division, make the playoffs or anything like that. Like, I think everyone is expecting this team to be bad. Yeah. The question is, is it going to be same old Lions bad where they're making stupid decisions they're getting bad penalties you know they're making just these dumb moves every single week Mm -hmm. or is it going to be a different kind of team where it's going to be competitive they have their gets their you're starting to build your core but you don't have the pieces there yet you still have some hurdles to get through i think that's the biggest thing for me i think i think again like Mm -hmm. you said i am expecting i don't know that i'm expecting a lose but I'm definitely not expecting a quote unquote winning season. No. No. I'm I'm fully expecting them to like either win as much as they lose or like win one more game than they lose. Like I'm expecting like I guess essentially not a winning season. Mm-hmm. However, I am expecting and I'm hopeful that this will just be a story of them being outplayed. Exactly. Rather than outplaying themselves like exactly. they always have in the past. Because that's yep. what bothered me the most about Patricia and his whole mentality of, oh, we just, we, they just, you know, they outplayed us. No, they didn't. You played yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you consistently shot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. with decisions, play calls, roster changes, things that you yep. did and plays that you made would continuously shoot you guys in the foot. Mm-hmm. You did not get outplayed. They never got outplayed. Yeah. And like, look, I don't, I don't take stock in the preseason that much. I always, it's, for me, preseason right. football is always going to be okay. How is the team looking? Players that may not make the roster, like Jadine Tavai. I'm sorry, the dude has got to go. He has got yeah. to go. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. Like I said, I don't just get upset about preseason football. I don't. But this guy has played yeah. awful his entire tenure here. He's got to go. And I don't, I don't see him surviving uh, preseason. After Friday, in all honesty, I think he's going to be on the free agent market. Um, but the thing for me also is the one thing I like about Dan Campbell is he's is preseason. You don't not supposed to take stock in that much, but he's taking responsibility for things, you know, for mistakes. You know, it's like, look, you know, this play call was my idea, whatever. I'm responsible for it. You know, it's on me. He, right. He's not blaming the players. He's blaming himself first and foremost. That's yeah. the big thing. Now, I will say this. Or he's not blaming it being out than just being outplayed. Exactly. Like, well, no, that it, was literally Matt Patricia's like number one thing he said every time. And I was just like, stop it. He's being honest with it. You know, if he said to get outplayed, he got outplayed. But he's not going to blame it on anyone else. He's going to blame it on himself first and then go into detail on what the hell happened and how can yeah. he improve from it so far. Yeah. Not only that, like, here's the, here's the thing, Rachel. I mm. met the guy. Like for like yeah. five minutes, you know, we did we did like remote broadcasts from from training camp, mm. and all that. So the dude's a nice, nice guy. Brings a lot of energy into the room, and that's what I love about this guy. He's got that fire and that fight mm-hmm. that I have wanted from the Lions for yes. so long. Yes, you don't have a coach. Yeah, you don't. For the first time, we don't have a coach that goes, "Well, you know, we just played really well and everything like that." And just, oh you know, God, you know, just, it's just, it's just no, no. That's not you gotta, how you want. You, you gotta, gotta have. Get, oh. You have to have a fire under your ass, and all. That and stuff. that's why you had all of these players who even like literally, you had good players. We have consistently good players in the Lions. We have for years. Mm-hmm. But if you like, you just watch them play, and it's so obvious that they just don't care. Yeah, yeah. Because no. a a they didn't really like playing for Patricia. There was a lot of um, you know, bad blood there. But also, it's just like there was no like drive to this team, and there yeah. hasn't been for years. Yeah, and now they actually have a drive. Now they have, you know, they have a purpose, and they actually like this coach and this coaching staff. So yeah, like, well, and now this coaching staff and these this the new entire. God, getting rid of Bob Quinn was the best decision yes. that they could have ever made because yep. it was obvious that wherever this that that entire culture and attitude was coming from was stemming from at least him for the most part because no matter who we fired and who we got it was the same exact thing mm-hmm. so he was just they were we were consistently hiring people with the same exact mentality yeah and and, and look Brad Holmes came in here and said look we're gonna rebuild this thing from the ground up 
You know, this is going to be a rebuilding year. We're going to work together. You know, Dan and I are going to work together and go from there. And they've worked together and gone from there. Like, the fact that they have a bunch of guys on, like, one or two-year deals. Guys that you wouldn't expect to be on this team long term. Yeah. I like that because it gives them a look like, okay, this is where we're going with the two years. After two years, we're going to reassess and go from there. Like, look. Yeah. I'm interested to see how Jared Goff plays. I don't expect him to be, in all honesty, I don't expect him to be the Lions quarterback in the ne- like after two after his contract's up. Unless somehow yeah. he's able to take the Lions to a division and a playoff win in two yeah. years, I don't see it happening. But it's going to No, be- I think he's going to be, he's going to bring a, a, a certain level of, um, I think right now, he's going to, yeah, he's going to bring a certain level of competitiveness yep. and he's going to bring a certain level of, success that the lions haven't seen so far you have an actual you have a successful quarterback an experienced quarterback mm-hmm. with a very similar play style to your previous one yes he's just younger and and i think that's i think that's honestly he's just going to be a i think he's going to be a steady sticking point for mm-hmm. the mentality of this team yeah as they build around him i think he's kind of going to be their 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 um cornerstone right now yeah, as they as they they build around him because he's got the the experience and the the success that they need right now. Mm-hmm. Whether he's going to be spectacular or not, that's not what they're worried about. I think they just wanted somebody who's going to be able to. He's he's a placeholder. Kind of... He's a placeholder for two years. That's basically all it is. And nothing against Jared Goff. It's just the way that I think people are kind of realizing this and all that. That's kind of position where he's at. At the moment, now if he plays spectacularly and they decide, you know what, we're gonna sign him for like four more years, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But he yeah. has to play out of his mind. He has to be MVP caliber. Yeah, you know. Even I if- mean, I and I've always liked Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. I've always liked his style of quarterback. Yep. So I'm excited to see what he does because I think it'll be really interesting. Yep, yep. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be interesting to watch. Just if you're a Lions fan. Don't take stock in this year. Have patience. You know, that's the big thing. And All I'm looking for, I'm not looking for wins. I'm looking for a change in mentality. Improvement. I want improvement. That's my big thing. I want to see that like, the team is improving. Improvement is, and then that's the thing. Improvement does not equal wins. Exactly. Yep. Because no, there were so many games that the Lions in the last couple of years should have won, but would make stupid decisions or have stupid plays that would would cost them a win. So I don't even care if these guys continuously get blown out of the water. To be honest, as long as they are playing well and yes. fighting because there's just if they're if if it doesn't if they just get outplayed I just at least want them to fight for it mm-hmm. cuz this the whole trend of the lions being the you know the comeback cats or the the cardiac cats as a lot of fans it's, have it's called gotta them. It's got to go is, away. It's got to yeah. go away. But you know, and the funny the thing that always bothered me about that in the past was the reason that it happened that way is because they would scramble at the end and realize, holy crap, we need to score, and then they would let Stafford do what Stafford does best, and then they would score consistently score. But by then, it would be too late. It would either be too late or then they would try to go back to the stuff that they were doing before because they were like, okay, we are on the board now. And then they would shoot themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. Because they were just consistently trying play calls and styles that did not work with a team that just kind of didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how this team improves, who's on the team, who's going to step up, who's going to step aside and go from there. So... I'm I'm curious. I am interested in how this is gonna go, but don't be expecting a lot of what the hell you're doing unless it's absolutely warranted. I hope that's not the case. I hope you're not. We're not tweeting that out on the Twitter uh, site and all that. Jeez. I hope not. It may happen. It I guess the happen. most thing I'm looking for is I want to see players step up being yeah well and i i'm hoping honestly i'm more i'm more looking for um coaching decisions than anything the players can do at this point because i want to at least see that dan campbell's gonna gonna coach properly because i want to see players that aren't playing well being benched and i want to see players that do play well being played 
rather than just trying to consistently go with the same player over and over again as they've done in the past. And I want to make sure, I want to see smart play calls. Whether they work or not, because their players are good or not, I don't care. I just want to see good play calls. I just want to see Dan Campbell coaching yeah. well. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so that's really, you know, just going into it. Look, we got the last preseason game on Friday. I'm not, again, not going to take stock in preseason, but I am curious to see how this, how Campbell's going to play it out and go from there. So we'll see how it goes on Friday, and hopefully we're not drinking a whole lot this, <laughs> this season. Uh, Rachel, before we go into our usual soccer banter and all that stuff, a little breaking news literally just popping in here. Uh, as we transition here, uh, this is from ESPN. FIFA is to receive over $201 million in forfeited funds from the multiple corruption probes that have plagued uh, the organization for the past several years. So basically, instead of turning that money away from uh, from FIFA to other organizations, they're giving it to FIFA. What did I miss here? That doesn't sound right. Doesn't what? <laughs> so so basically so, basically, like I said, this news literally just broke like a minute ago. Here, FIFA is uh, um, getting two hundred one million dollars of uh funds from like that's forfeited from corruption and all that stuff. Interesting. Uh, this is from the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice. So, 27 people, four corporate entities have pled guilty, two people convicted on trial. Um, Interesting. So, this is, actually, we have a quote here. I got the uh, the story up here from the uh, U.S. attorney to the case, uh, Jacqueline M. Casulis from the Eastern District of New York. Uh, Eastern District of New York. If I could talk, it'd be wonderful. I'm doing a podcast here. <laughs> uh, a, a, a quote here. Today's announcement confirmed that money stolen by corrupt soccer officials and sports marketing executives through fraud and greed will be returned to where it belongs and used to benefit the sport. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, the DOJ also said that $32.3 million in forfeited funds have been approved for distribution to FIFA, uh, CONCACAF, which is responsible for North America, and uh, Common Bowl, which is responsible for South America. So basically, some of the money is already being dis- uh, distributed to other confederations, which is, yeah. you know, especially like here in North America, is huge for teams like in the Caribbean or uh, Central America, you know. So just that little news literally breaking as we wrapped up our Lions talk and all that. Interesting. So, all right. So let's uh let's switch over to Premier League now. Uh, after that little breaking news and all that stuff, and Rachel, I just gotta ask, what the hell is going on with Arsenal? What in the sweet hell is going on with Arsenal? In, in I all honesty, I don't know. Uh, I I've they've been on a downward trajectory for a while. I can't yeah. say that word trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why it's so difficult. Um. And this, honestly, I'm, I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. I think I'm more surprised the fact, like, look, you weren't going to be Chelsea because Chelsea's been on fire. Like, you, even, like, look, I get it. They won a Champions League last year, but they were on fire before they won the title and yeah. all that stuff. You weren't going to be Chelsea, but how the hell you lose at Bref- Brentford? Yeah. You know, a team that just got promoted. How the hell are you going to yep. lose to them? So, I think that right there is, like, the biggest surprise. For me, at least. So, mm-hmm. it is it. I know we we kind of talked about this off the air. Is it wrong of me to think that Arsenal might get relegated this year? I'm saying the no. R word. I know it's not <laughs> good, but I, I'm not I'm not insane when I think about this, right? No, no. I first of all, when you get beat by a brand new relegated team, what does that say? Yeah. What does that say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's not good. So unless they can, you know, t- make some magic happen and turn some things around in a big way, which I don't think they will. Uh-uh. The only thing, unless they, and I think honestly, the only thing that we'd see turnaround wise would be like in the January transfer window if they manage to get some like big talent or something that changes their to their their trajectory a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know that I'd go so far as to say that they'll be relegated. Because um, I think there's a couple other teams in the Premier League this season that oh, yeah. are on track to be relegated. But they're definitely going to be at the bottom of the table. Yeah. I think they're going to be like bottom six. Yeah. And yeah. Wouldn't, that would not uh, surprise me at all. Like, look, it's insane to think that Arsenal's going to join the the ranks of Newcastle, of a Wolves, who somehow are kind of having an off year. Like, granted, it's only two weeks in, but they're not having a good start so far. They haven't won any of their games uh, at all. Uh, well, they see. do have a new coach, so. Yeah. They have a new manager. Yep, you know, you're also you're joining the ranks of Norwich, who, look, heck, though, glad that they're back. Sorry that they've had to get blown out of the water. Uh, yeah. And no Newcastle and Burnley. No Newcastle always seems to be in that relegation zone, yeah, and all that stuff. So could see Newcastle and Arsenal get relegated. Who knows? I mean, look, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not speculating here. I'm not saying this is gonna happen. The way that Arsenal looked in their last two games or their first two games, excuse me, yeah, they just look god awful. Mm-hmm. You know, and look, I'll just say it right now. I don't know what the hell Manchester City's doing. My team, I don't. Mm. Uh, my team had no defense, in in all honesty. Yeah. You know, like yes, okay, we lost to Tottenham. We lost one nothing. It should have been three nothing at that point because Tottenham would had so many opportunities. They yeah. really did. Uh, and yes, we blanked. Uh, we blanked Norwich. We did good. Good job, boys. But you're not taking much out of it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, look, like I said, Man City, not a good, uh, not a good start against Tottenham. And it just, it brought up some questions on my end that like, are we going to see moves in the transfer window in January for defense? Cause look, I know they talked about Harry Kane and all that stuff. I know they talked about that. Look, I don't want Harry Kane. It's not that he's a bad player. He doesn't fit the scheme. I've been saying that like all summer long, Rachel. I don't want Harry Kane. I don't want him. Does not fit our scheme. Jack Grealish. He's fitting in nicely. It's only been one game, but it's fitting fitting in nicely so far. But I'm not expecting a whole lot out of it. No, I think honestly, and I I think I've said this before on here. Mm -hmm. Kane is a good player. Yes. Talented, talented footballer. Yes. Bad team player. Arrogant asshole. Bad team player. Yeah. Yes. Um, he has an attitude that you do not want on your team. No, you don't. In all honesty. Nope. No, and and that's he's the type of guy. He is the type of player who will be the perfect team player as long as everything is going his way. But the second, and again, this is very um, I compare him to a Ronaldo in a lot of aspects with Mm -hmm. this. And I always, I know that's bold and big for me to say, but Ronaldo's terrible. Sacrilege. How dare <laughs> you? <laughs> the skilled, okay, same same kind of thing. Skilled footballer. Yep. I see better. Skilled footballer. Fair. Terrible team player. Yep. Right. Absolutely horrid team player. Look, you can have. Ha- yep. Very similar. Would sooner, would, would, would no, would no sooner, like, celebrate with his teammates then throw them under the bus if it makes him look better. And he's done that in the past. Yep. I used to love Harry Kane. I did. I loved him. And then I f- found out what type of player he person he was, and I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't want him anymore. Talented, yeah. talented footballer. Yep. Super talented footballer. But he will. he's the type of player to submit complaints to the the board and stuff and, and, and say and, and complain that he should have gotten credit for a goal instead of his teammate after the fact and after his teammate celebrated this goal like who does that yeah does that yeah so yeah definitely not somebody that i would want on my team no no and and, and it's like i said i go look he is a talented footballer i will never knock him for that but he does not fit the scheme that i think city's going with and yes we picked up jack Grealish, good for them and all that we need defensive help, you know, yep. because when you're getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and then they able to put one or two in the back of the net, that's a problem. You can score, yeah. you can score four goals, but if your opponent's scoring five, you have a big problem here. And it's early in the year; things can shape out. Like, look, City was eighth 
when 2021 uh, came into play. Then they won like 18 straight and they won the Premier League. It's it just yeah. th- the way it is. I, it's concerning to me right now. It's early in the year and it's concerning because we're going into the Champions League season again. We're going into the Carabao Cup. We're going into the FA Cup. All these, all these cups and everything that City is going to try and go for. Teams are going to watch the game against Tottenham and realize let's take advantage of their lacks of defense and go from there. Well, and then not to mention, too, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like normal games, and they won the Premier League, fine. But they keep consistently losing big games when it matters. Yes. Yep. Nope. They lost the Champions League to Chelsea. One to nothing. Didn't even score. And then the most recent one, most recent one, I'm just, I'm just saying. I know, I know, most recent I know. one, they lose the FA Community Shield to Leicester. Also one nothing. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I... And they lost to Tottenham one nothing. Look, Tottenham. I'll give it right now. I'll say this right now. I I rip on Tottenham as much as I can, but Tottenham is a good team. Yeah. They they are a good team. Now, are they a Premier League winning team? No, but they're always up there. They could contend here and there. Yeah. But it just. I'm I think like, they could be if they would make a few roster changes. Yes. And by that, I mean getting rid of Harry Kane. Yes. But yes. I digress. I, yeah. Uh, because they've always done better. When he is out of rotation, uh huh, always, uh huh, because they actually yep. then have they rely on on players like um, Deli Ali and and Son. Son. Yeah, Son should be your number one. Nope, he you're should. Right. You're right. He really, really should. Yeah. Now, I don't deny that he and Kane have a very good dynamic. However, it's almost always Son to Kane. Mm-hmm. Because that's just the type of player that Son is. If you have him up front, he's going to be creating chances left and right. Yeah. And he's going to score because that's what he does. He's, that's, yeah. You should be building your offense around him and not, you know, and him and other, your other strikers and and forwards and not just Harry Kane. Yeah. Nope. You're right. You're right. It's just, it's going to be, and look, I, 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 I know Grealish was basically to replace Aguero. Aguero really just came off the bench last year most of the time. He, yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Raheem Sterling's still a guy. Grealish could fit in nicely. I just, that lacks of a defense is really concerning. And I'm, I'm yeah. not, I don't know. I don't know what kind of season we're going to have because of it. But if that's a moniker of what are things to come, we're not winning the Premier League this year. I'll just say that right now. Speaking of the Premier League, though, an interesting top six after two weeks, Rachel. And I want to throw this yeah. question out there to you. Is there a team that you think is going to stay in the top six and a, and a team that's going to dip out? Okay, so a team that's going to stay and a team that's going to dip out. Here are the top six after two weeks, okay? And keep in mind, all six of these teams have won their first game. The the second team, or the, the last team mentioned here, Drew last week. So, teams are as follows. 1 through 6. West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Brighton and Hove Albion, surprising, Tottenham, and Manchester United. Manchester United is rounded out uh, top 6 because of goal differential. They have a plus 4 differential. Uh, so, out of those 6 teams, Rachel, yeah. which team do you think is going to stay there by the end of the year? And which team do you think is going to be out of the top six? Not necessarily bottom of the table, but just out of top six in general. Brighton, for sure. You think Brighton? I don't see I don't see Brighton sticking out around. They'll I think they'll probably stay middle of the table. They'll be pretty consistent mid, but I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna go they're gonna stay up there. Okay. Because I think I think and I think West Ham I mean West Ham ended pretty high up last season. Yep. They're, um, they're in the uh, Europa League, so yeah. But I think I think um, I think the 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 couple that are going to stay there, um, at least pretty consistently throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to have Chelsea, mm-hmm. Liverpool, yep, Tottenham. Whether Tottenham's going to be top four or just top six, I don't know. But I think yeah. Tottenham will be in the top six. So you've got Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, maybe Manchester United, maybe. Like, maybe just barely top six. Maybe. Because, what was it? I'm trying to remember. Didn't they, did they, they finished, what, second last year? 
United. Was they, were they second? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because like the was, last three. It was City, United, Liverpool. Yeah, the last three or four games where they had to win, they drew every single yeah. time. And it didn't really help them much. So Yeah. So uh, Manchester United could or they couldn't. I think that's a flip of a coin for me. But I think I think definitely we're going to see Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham in the top six. I think obviously City will most likely be up there unless they have some sort of oh, disastrous season. Mm-hmm. But I think the top six, uh, either by mid-season or the end, will be Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester City. Leicester, I think, will probably make their way back up again. And I think that the last one is going to be um, just kind of like a wild card spot. Flip of the coin, whoever manages to get up there. Because it could be United. It could be Everton. That's true. Everton. It could be Everton. It could be somebody like Leeds or the Wolves, um, and and it could be it could be that Brentford manages to you know have a decent season because yeah. they're um, they're what top they're in they're eighth right now they're eighth right now uh, they're above Man the... City so yeah thanks yeah yeah I, I know trust me I'm 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 well they're... aware of this Rachel and I'm Man City is definitely going to be in the top three I believe yeah. unless it's, it's just a slow start. Just... Just Man City is going to be top three just because they're Man City. That's usually what they do. Fair enough. I don't know that they're going to have a spectacular season, but I think they might be able to be consistent enough at least to stay up there. Yeah. Top four at least. That's fair. That's fair. And look, I'll say this right now since you gave City compliments. I think Liverpool is going to be top three. Now, I don't think they're necessarily going to win it, but they'll be Who do you think could win it this year? (sighs) Because I honestly, I don't see Man City winning it again. I don't see I don't. I, I don't. And here's the thing for me. Like, I'm a Man City fan. I want this team to win just because yeah. I want to rub it in everyone's fucking faces. <laughs> I don't see the team winning. I don't I don't see it winning the Premier League. I see the top four. Yeah. But I don't see them winning the Premier League this year. If I'm, I, if I'm going to be honest with you, Rachel, I honestly think this is Chelsea's to lose. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I think if I personally think that Liverpool could do it, um, well, obviously, but they don't have another injury-ridden season. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a, Liverpool could do it. I think that's honestly the thing that derailed Liverpool last year was because oh my word, like like you guys were out of the top six because you like the injury bug just like hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you. We had, as I like to call it, we had a revolving door on the injury. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Because every person we got back, we had another one go out. Yep. And, but before that, we had every single person that we slotted in to cover the center back position, every person got hurt immediately afterwards. Yep. We went through all of our backups, all of our bench players, and then started having to shift our entire roster to have players play there that don't usually play there, mm-hmm. which made the rest of our, 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 our structure suffer because we had to pull strength from, from the midfield to fill that center back position. And then also remember, and I know this is one you want to forget, Allison Becker kind of having a bit of a meltdown of yeah. like some games in between, especially against Man City, you know, one that you and I watched uh, together. Yeah, there and was just... there was so much. It wasn't just injuries. No. There it, was illnesses. It... There was family tri- uh, people going through personal problems. Yep. I mean, even Klopp. Like, Klopp had – it was it was ridiculous. The, and, it, it, and... it was basically just a meltdown. Like, you guys – in all honesty, you guys got lucky you made top four. Just was what you guys did. The fact that we were able to secure the top three spot, the third spot, Mm -hmm. is that speaks volumes to me about that team. That is why I love this team. Because any other season, any other team, any other team in the Premier League would have been top, bottom of the table. Oh, yeah. No. Guarantee you. Even Man City. Even Man City. Mm -hmm. They would have been at least low mid-table. They would have been like... They wouldn't have been relegation zone. No, I don't think. No. But they would have still been like either. They would, you know, have, been bo- just... they would have been bottom of the table. It's that simple. So so the fact that Liverpool was able to get third in the entire Premier League with half of their starters and half of their backups out mm-hmm. just speaks volumes, which is why I think that Liverpool is going to come back with a vengeance this year. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that is honestly... In on my personal opinion, I believe that this is going to be a race between Chelsea, Liverpool, and possibly Tottenham. I'm gonna throw a team out there as a wild card. 
because I think look, I think Chelsea's the front runner. Yeah. I think Liverpool, they can stay healthy, they'll be right behind Chelsea. I just think Chelsea's in a position right now where they have the advantage. They can win this thing in the end. But I look at West Ham. This is a yeah. team that was really good last year. Surprisingly good. Like no one mm-hmm. expected them to come out of nowhere. Okay? Yeah. And the first four games, here's who they got. All right, you beat uh let me see here. Who did they be? they beat Crystal Palace? No, 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 I'm sorry, let me back up. They play Crystal Palace this Saturday. They have uh they beat Newcastle, which you knew they were gonna be Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And then they they stop they curve down Leicester City four to one. I think that's the big surprising one right there is that they curve down <laughs> Leicester City. They got uh they got Crystal Palace and Southampton before a big test against Manchester United. I'm gonna say this right now: if they beat if West Ham beats Manchester United, West Ham is top four, potentially potentially. Premier League champions. They need to do a lot more than that, but if they beat Manchester United, I, I that's just a guarantee to me that West Ham is here to stay and that they're going to yeah. be top four. I think, um, I mean, West Ham finished sixth in the Premier League last year, just under Leicester. Yeah. So I think that they can do it again. Now, whether I think that they're going to be like uh, champion contenders, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to be, they're definitely going to be somewhere in the top six probably yeah again unless unless something crazy happens you know because you never know exactly but because sometimes with teams like certain teams like some teams like that all it takes is a single player getting hurt Mm -hmm. like a single starter and your whole season just yeah which basically means they need to protect declan rice is that simple they need to to protect him with anything and everything possible but just like like look at the schedule here's the thing after man united they have leeds brentford everton which Okay, Tottenham, Aston Villa, and then uh, the Klopp team. I mean Liverpool. Sorry, um, you know they they're in a very they are in a position right now to start off in the top four. You know, yeah. And I I honestly believe that that United game September nineteenth. That's a Sunday. That's gonna be circled on everyone's calendar. That's a that's a game that everyone's gonna watch. Um. But I think, like, right now, with the way that they're playing, like I said, Chelsea is a team to beat. And I think that if Chelsea somehow gets hit with the injury bug, it's going to be a rough year for them. But the way they've been playing so far, I can't see them not winning the title this year. I just can't. Yeah. You know? It's, it's just... I, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be, like you said, Chelsea. It's Chelsea's to lose. I think... I think Chelsea will be the team to beat, and I think Liverpool will be the one that gives them the most. That their Liverpool is going to be their top contender. I honestly believe it's going to be Chelsea and Liverpool in a race for this final, and then I think that, like I said, we'll have Tottenham on their heels, and and possibly West Ham. Yep, possibly. And City. and then yeah, teams like City and maybe Leicester if maybe. they can if they can do what they did last season. Yep. Um, I mean they did. They just. Like I said, they beat Man City in the in the FA uh, uh-huh. Shield, so yep. they could they could potentially they could. be up there as well. They could, they could. Speaking of Chelsea and Liverpool, that's the that's the primetime game on yep. Saturday. Yep, that, I think this is this this right here. This is going to tell me what team who's going to come out yeah. on top. Because yeah. if Liverpool wins, I don't see if Liverpool wins unless some other team like starts making miraculous waves, I think Liverpool will come out ahead of Chelsea if they yeah. win this game. If Chelsea wins, they might come out ahead of Liverpool, but Liverpool also um, will then have a further chip on their shoulder, I think, mm-hmm. for the season. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to it's gonna set the tone for the, the rest of the season, and I'm very excited. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It really is. And I think, I think I'm pretty confident I'm working that, that day, but I'm sure you and I are going to be texting back and forth during this game. <laughs> it's just the yeah. way it is. But yep. Uh, before we end the podcast, we do want to give a big congratulations to Detroit Tigers first baseman Miguel Cabrera, who uh, over the weekend hit his 500th career 
home run. Uh, and, uh It was a big, it was a, a deep bomb in Toronto. And also kudos to the Blue Jays fans that were there to give him the, the ovation that they did. So <laughs> really, uh, and also awesome moment. I wish they could have done it at home. I wish they could have done it when I was at the game or you were at the game, Rachel. Oh, I know. Yeah, that would just been amazing. But we're excited for you. Uh, and also, shameless plug, we're not sponsored by them by any means, but if you're in the Detroit area, they are doing, uh, they're going to be celebrating Miguel uh, Cabrera's 500 home run on September 24th before uh, the game that night. So mm-hmm. if you want to get tickets, get tickets now. We're not going to plug it any other way there. So, uh, Rachel, anything you want to finish up the podcast with? Um, I was just going to say... Um... If you are a Liverpool fan, um, come hang out at McGee's, Thomas McGee's in uh, Eastern Market on I re- Saturday. I really wish we could do. The I'm video always there. Of this. I really wish we could do the video <laughs> version of this just so y'all could see my face with that one. And look, I'll just give it right. I'll just say it right now, like you and I were there for the uh, the Euro final between England and Italy, and McGee's yep. was a rocking time. It was a fun yep. time. It was good. So, yeah, no, if you're a Liverpool fan in Detroit, go to Thomas McGee's. They're right across the street from Eastern Market. Like, I'll, I'll give it a plug. I'll give it a plug. <laughs> it is a fun time. Well, because there's, I'm sure, I don't know where the man, if there's a Man City uh, club nope. spot here. But... Nope. 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 We have Arsenal. We have United. We have Liverpool. We have Crystal freaking Palace and no City. I know there's a, I know there's a Tottenham um, one, too. They're I... also in Detroit, but. I hate it here already. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, yeah, guys, especially with the game on Saturday, 1230, England, or Liverpool versus Chelsea. Seriously, go check out McGee's. You know, go. Come hang out with the OLSE. Yep. Yep. You could uh, get us a selfie with Rachel. Yeah. If that's the case, you might see it on our Twitter page. You never know. But uh, I, I am. I am. I guess I have been. Um named the de facto photographer for the Detroit OLSC. So there you go. <laughs> I will be there with my camera. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, all right. Well, with that being said, that's going to do it for us on the podcast. We appreciate you all listening in as always. Make sure to follow, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple pod, whatever you're listening on. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Also at sportsball P. Uh, if you find the, the account with the logo guess what that's it we'll be posting article uh episode updates and also rachel and i will be taking over and bantering about our sports teams as much as possible so for rachel allen i'm jimmy kennedy saying so long until next time everyone <laughs>